One eight seven seven eight silver is the number. Paul Wiseman, president of Guildhall Wealth Management, along with uh, Darren Long, vice president, sales and senior market analyst, and Jeremy Wiseman, vice president of Guildhall Wealth Management, here today as we get into the uh, the holidays, guys. So, uh, Darren, you guys have often talked about the you know the fundamentals of precious metals. Today, I understand we're going to discuss the idea of why silver and gold, uh, kind of like a silver and gold one on one for our listeners. I haven't done that in a while, so let's break it into two sections and start with your favorite metal, silver. Why should our listeners be investing in that silver today? Well, John, let's just talk about where we've come from so far. We started this in 2002. The show went on air here as the Real Money Show in Toronto in 2008. And in 2016, we're still with these markets. They're among the most well-kept secrets in the investing world. And if we look at just how well gold and silver have done, since we opened up our doors in 2002, gold has moved 306% higher as we do this show. That's an average of 21.8% per year, while silver has done just almost as well at 200, just under 250% uh, in that same span of 14 years or an average of 17.75% per year. Now, we have been helping investors to buy physical gold and silver since 2002 when gold, believe it or not, was about 300 an ounce while silver was trading around $4.50 an ounce. We've witnessed during that time the peak of a market, a recession, and the struggle that the world economies are enduring and throughout all of these years gold, silver, and you know we talk about natural fancy colored diamonds here on The Real Money Show, have outperformed pretty much all of the markets collectively on an annualized average basis. If you are listening to this show, think about this. About 90% of those that invest in anything are investing in stocks, real estate, or what we would call interest-bearing instruments. However, less than 2% of you out there are actually buying real physical silver and gold. Now, we reach thousands and thousands of readers and potential owners of gold and silver on a monthly basis. Yet this is minuscule compared to the 70 plus million investors in the US and Canada alone. My point is very simple, John. If you're looking for an undiscovered asset, silver and gold fit the bill. Because silver and gold are assets that have been known since the dawn of civilization. In fact, most people naturally hold very strong preconceived opinions about them. For instance, just about everyone is aware of and has some opinion of the dramatic price jump and decline from the 70s and 80s Hunt Brothers episodes if they're dealing with silver. And perhaps even more people know about the gold standards and gold confiscation. We hear it on a weekly basis. But very few investors have taken the time to study silver and gold closely. It's easier and, of course, less time-consuming in this day and age to rely on superficial opinions and headline news in this day and age, most of which is absolutely false when it comes to talking about gold and silver and what they can and cannot do. And unfortunately, that is just simply not the usual path to investment success. Now, on just a single point for one minute, perhaps the finest way for us to define the reality we are faced with in the gold and silver markets is to look to the historic silver-gold price ratio. This ratio, which right up until 1980 was averaging anywhere from around 20 to 1 to 16 to 1, stemming all the way back to the time of the Roman Empire. 
However, in more recent years, since, of course, we've had our doors open in about 2002, silver's been relatively cheaper, ranging from about 35 to 1 all the way up to 90 to 1. And right now, that ratio is sitting closer to 71 to 1, meaning this takes about 71 ounces of silver to equate to the value of one ounce of gold. It's way out of whack, and some might argue that silver in particular if we might focus on that metal, is currently very undervalued and is cheaper than historic norms. And thus, it is a better investment than even gold to some extent if you want to buy low and sell high. one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealthcom So uh, how do your listeners open that account with Guildhall? Because they're probably uh, chomping at the bit, yeah? Well, listen, you've been listening for weeks, and some of you are brand new. Welcome to listening to this show. This is a primer on gold and silver. We're going to talk about it all throughout the show, as well as natural fancy colored diamonds. If at any point in time you feel as though you'd like to find out more or you're ready to make a purchase of gold or silver, you can purchase your product directly from Guildhall and take delivery or pick up the product. It's bar or coin. It's direct by calling us or going to our online bullion store through guildhallwealth.com or guildhallpreciousmetals.com. If you'd like and you don't want to take the safety and security aspect and push that envelope too far, you can purchase that product in gold, silver, and have it stored at a very world-class vaulting facility, which is safe and secure. It's allocated with or without serial numbers, where serial numbers are available. The choice is yours, and it is viewable, tangible, and readily accessible. And you can do that, again, through Guildhall Wealth Management with what's called a depository account. And thirdly, If you want, you can use a registered account such as a TFSA, an RRSP, a spousal RRSP, or if you have the kids getting ready for school, perhaps an RESP might be in hand for you or any other type of registered account to also hold gold gold and silver. And the great news, John, is that if you're already a registered account holder, if you already have an RRSP, We can help you to take a portion of that existing RRSP and get it into gold and silver. one 8 silver that number again, guildhallwealth.com, the website. So let's focus on silver for a moment, guys. Tell uh, tell our listeners about the uh, fundamentals at work in that silver market. Sure. One of the, the main fundamentals that we look at is supply and demand. That's going to help affect, you know, when we're looking at gold and silver, specifically we're talking about silver here, we want to, we want to ask, is, is it undervalued? Is it fair value? Is it overvalued? This is going to give you an interesting take and, and let you decide whether or not you think it's compelling. I think what makes silver market compelling is supply and demand. When we look at 1980, for example, we know that there was over 4 billion ounces of silver above ground. Silver went to $50 an ounce with basically only North America and Europe investing in that market at that time. And again, it went from $5 to $50 very, very quickly off of some of the economic fundamentals uh, of the 70s and a lot of that that we're seeing today. However, since 1980, we have the, the, the population of the globe has doubled. Uh, we're, we're now over 7 billion people. We've got China involved in the market, India involved in the market, Eastern Europe involved in the market. And also the uses for silver have been put into digi- digital uh, and, and electronic items. And so the that whole stockpile of silver that existed in 1980 just doesn't exist today. There's actually less than 1 billion ounces above ground, and all of the, the silver that gets mined every year is used in 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 all sorts of products, and we'll go into that in a, in a, lo- 
a little bit later in the, the show. So what we have here is we've got a deficit of what's coming to market and what's being actually used. And I think that's one of the most compelling aspects to, to, to silver at this time. Because if you look at the price, the price is not reflecting that lack of actual supply in the market. So, you know, look, it, it, it makes us question, okay, who? let's follow the money. Who's making the money? A lot of this is actually paper money being made and not in the physical. It's very important. And this is a motto at Guildhall that if you can't hold it, you don't own it. And a lot of people do invest in a lot of paper uh, versions of uh, the vehicle for precious metals where they're not actually holding physical. And so this is like, for me, this is this is like uh, pushing the steam valve on a, a pressure cooker. You're actually not investing in the real thing. You're not taking the real thing out of the market. We can tell you that through all the ups and downs in the market, especially over the last couple of years, we have not seen physical physical owners of precious metals selling. In fact, the, the buying picks up every time the market comes down a little bit. And this is what we're seeing. We're seeing more and more product being taken out of the market, the supply, the supply being crunched constantly while the demand grows. Because look, when the prices go low, people want to buy more of it because it's, it's, they're recognizing an opportunity. So when we look at the supply demand, we see that silver has a deficit that Every ounce that comes out of the ground is used. That leaves very little recycling. Investors are not selling physical product. They may sell their their margin paper product. Uh, there's a lot of paper products out there. But when we look at the physical market, we see that the supply-demand fundamental is very, very good for precious metals. And we feel that this is going to push the price of silver much, much higher in the, in the, in the coming years. one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. So, uh, Darren, what makes silver shortage so, uh, the shortage of supply so special? Well, what makes it special is exactly what Jeremy said. It's how it was satisfied. Most of the silver inventories consumed over the past 60 years, John, came from government holdings, which is unique. The cumulative amount is staggering. It totals near 12 billion ounces. This means that 100 to 150 million ounces of silver came to the market every year for 60 years above and beyond what was mined and recycled. This exerted a tremendous influence on the supply-demand fundamentals. Now, because governments are not-for-profit organizations, silver was dumped in a decidedly non-free market fashion, as Jeremy alluded to, a lot of paper trading, which was able to suppress price at very low price and no regard was given to that price. Whether disposed in common coinage or more recently in the last decade through central bank leasing, the common thread to the government silver disposals was that uh, you had a, a price, you know, was always low. There was, it was never a factor for sellers, but the big government dumping of silver is now coming gone and it has been for some time. In fact, the billions of ounces of government silver that used to be held up to 5 billion ounces 60 years ago in the U.S. alone is now zero. They're going into the open market on a yearly basis to keep up with their coinage programs and that's what makes silver one of the best investments of all. It won't be coming from government ever again. And what we do know is that when you look at a, an, an atmosphere of this where you have a very low price, very little supply in actual fact to, towards what, what's actually out there, and you see a very, very strong demand, when the prices keep going low, people want to take advantage of that price. It's not a, a 
you know, there could be a psyop here where the idea is, well, if we push the price down, then people won't want to be involved in the market. Excuse me, but that's actually not the case. What happens is when the price goes down, it means that people can buy more than their fair share. If there's less than a billion ounces of silver above ground and over 7 billion people on the planet, that means not everyone can have one ounce of silver. Now, when we look at research this market and very recently, uh, one of the big sources in, in the silver market, Andrew McGuire, had an interview on King World News, which was also mentioned by uh, a longtime guru in the market, Ted Butler, that they're, they're saying that some of the major bullion banks have really cornered the market the way uh, the Hunt brothers did in the 80s. They've On every one of these pullbacks, they've been acquiring the physical silver, and you have to ask yourself why. So the question becomes, are you just going to follow the, the chart? and say, well, it's coming down, I don't want to buy it? Or do you look at the fundamentals? Because if you look at the fundamentals, silver is very compelling at this price. And again, we don't see sellers of physical metal. What we do see is people taking advantage of the lower price at this point. one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com, dear. And what you must know about silver, it's important, and to a certain extent gold too, because when the price of gold drops, less and less mining occurs. So if we don't have those high prices, or more recently when the price of gold fell back from 1900 down to where it is now, just below 1200 $1,150, less and less dollars get put into new mining projects, new future mining projects. And that unfortunately means that way less silver is going to be pulled out of the ground because what most people don't know, John, is that 70 to 80% of what is brought to the market on a yearly basis is mined in the silver market as a byproduct of copper mining, gold mining, zinc, or lead mining. There are very few silver mines in the world since most are really just copper and gold mines. Therefore, mild increases in the price of silver are not going to bring substantially more silver out of the ground. It's going to take $100 an ounce or more in order to really get people motivated to reinvest and reestablish those mining sectors. So if you're a listener and you're hearing what we're talking about and you like the idea of of buying gold or silver, you can purchase product with Guild Hall and simply take delivery, pick it up in bar or coin form direct by calling us or from our online bullion store through www.guildhallwealth.com. If you'd like to take that a step further, by all means, purchase some gold and silver. And if you'd like to keep it safe and insured, you can have what's called a depository account stored at a world-class vaulting facility. It's safe. It's allocated. You can have some product with serial numbers, all product with serial numbers, or some product without serial numbers. The choice is really yours. And it's viewable. It's tangible. It's readily accessible. And if you have the idea of putting this in a registered account... Well, that might be the best bang for your buck of all because you can get it into your TFSA, RRSP, RESP, a spousal RSP, a lira for those getting closer to retirement. There's just so many options. And again, when we come back, we're going to be talking more about investing in bullion. We're going to talk colored diamonds and we're going to stick to these fundamentals that are driving these incredible markets, including what silver and gold are used for. One eight seven seven eight silver online guildhallwealth.com. Uh, call Guildhall today for an investor kit on gold, silver, and fancy colored diamonds. And for the free subscription to the Precious Metal Advisor penned by Darren Guildhall's premier market newsletter. Also, I uh, get the shows on SoundCloud by doing a search, The Real Money Show. Quite simple. The Real Money Show continues. Talk radio, AM640. One eight seven seven eight silver online guildhallwealth.com. Right there. Uh, Darren, let's get into this. We'll talk about uh, where the demand for silver is coming from. 
Well, from the demand side of the equation, silver is used as an industrial metal first and foremost. Listeners might be interested to know that there are actually more patents pending for industrial silver usages than any other precious metal in existence today, something very few people know, John. It's used in almost anything that we touch that is electronic. Think tablets, computers, as you're out there doing your Christmas, Hanukkah shopping, Kwanzaa shopping, smartphones, the list goes on. It's in flat screen TVs, it's in microwaves, ovens, fridges, Uh, and you know, how many times has somebody gone through a cell phone? If you're a listener, think of how many phones you've used yourself, and how many times did you stop to take either the gold or silver, it's a very small amount, but how many times did you recycle that phone? Very few. You either still have it on your uh, in your house or you pass it on to the next generation. Now, silver is great for all those electronic applications, and a lot of that demand is very inelastic. But there's also a lot of new applications. When you think about solar power moving forward, that's going to be just one of the most tremendous demands on silver that I think are going to be out there. Uh, we've we've been looking at the charts and seeing the projections specifically on, on solar power, and it, it's just going to be magnificent in terms of the demand. But also things like water purification. Silver has this uh, ability to naturally absorb bacteria. So in terms of water purification, and again, we were talking about population in the first segment, this is something that's going to be a a problem going forward. So water purification is huge for for silver and also any medical usage where absorbing bacteria is a good thing, whether it's bandages or, you know, there's always new things like they're putting antibacterial soap with, with silver or washing machines with silver in it or even tooth brushes and things like this with some silver in it because again it absorbs bacteria and and that might sound strange but if you've ever heard the term born with the silver spoon in your mouth mm-hmm. that's where it comes from because if you were wealthy enough to have a silver spoon in your mouth that absorbed bacteria you were a healthy more healthy uh baby and then if you think of some other items going forward <clears throat> things like battery power is also going to be significant especially if you're going to have um battery powered cars and such so all of these things start to add up and you start to say, whoa, if I'm looking at, at a commodity and what could be used, if I'm saying, well, uh, there's a, a massive amount of building going on, I should get involved in some of those commodities that are going to help put all of those buildings together, then look at silver as and the demand for silver in everyday everyday items and as as countries like like China have moved from uh, into into the modern age and and a growing middle class they want iPads they want cell phones they want computers and they want all sorts of electronics that have that have silver in it and as countries like like China want to uh, use solar power their intention is to power over 350 million homes with solar power in the next 10 years well you know that's basically the population of the U.S. right now, but that's that's not per that's not people. That's homes. So imagine the potential with with silver in a lot of these technologies. One eight seven seven eight silver online guildhallwealth.com to start investing. Well, and when you look at it, the list goes on and on, as Jeremy said, and there's so many things that are getting improved with the usage of silver. And in terms of what Jeremy was talking about with the solar projects, I encourage everybody listening to look it up. If you're holding on to a piece of silver, just imagine taking uh, you know, a very, very small part of that and using it for some application. And then think of things like solar technology, where every single solar uh, reflector is going to have silver in it every panel being made 
absolutely millions and millions of them or have it. And this is one of the reasons why big countries like China are clamoring to keep as much of the product that they're refining or fabricating in their own country. They bring in a ton of silver every year to be fabricated or uh, what they call uh, made into usable product. And a lot of that product stays right there as much as 50, 60% of it stays in the country. And it's being used for these very applications because, of course, we know that we can offshore the cost of manufacturing to places like China, which is much cheaper. But there's so little silver being used in each of these actual applications. And as an investor, this is exactly what gets me excited. That prices that, you know, if you get an increase in the price of silver, it's meaningless. If the price of silver was to go to $50 tomorrow, John, as investors, we'd be ecstatic. We would be so happy. But would it mean that a computer company stops making their computers with silver in it? No, they put the price up slightly. Would it mean that iPhones will stop being made? Not at all. How about TVs? Nope. It's in every TV. Every flat screen TV you look at has a little bit of silver in it. Some of them have gold, the high-end ones. And with this amazing fact, it means that silver is basically inelastic. It means that the demand is going to keep coming and that that deficit of supply and demand we talked about just before is going to play a role in the coming years. There is going to be a shortage, and we're going to talk about that shortage a little later in the show. Yeah, it's definitely one of those commodities that are, um, you know, if you think about water and oil and, and all of these type of things that we need, this is a, a an asset that's becoming in short supply. And also you want to think about the fact that we've been talking about a precious metal. I mean, we, we were talking about supply demand earlier and is it undervalued, overvalued? And you just think about the other precious metals. They're They're all at least triple digits, if not in the four digits in terms of pricing. And when you look at silver and you say, wait a minute, this is a precious metal that's under, that's under $20 an ounce. And it does so much, you know, if you want to, if you want to replace copper wiring with silver and, and just the way it, it conducts electricity, it's, it's a magic <clears throat> commodity. And this is why it's a precious metal because it does, it does things. And it's so much more important to our, to our society in terms of digital things. I mean, look, you can't turn on a light switch without touching silver. One eight seven seven eight silver is a number. Start investing guildhallwealth.com. It's all pretty incredible, Darren, but how about those, those investors are, they're already buying silver. Who are these investors? Well, in the past 20 years, famous billionaires have bought silver. John, in 1997, Warren Buffett bought 130 million ounces under Berkshire Hathaway. It's real silver. And he said that it was due to the favorable, and I quote, supply and demand fundamentals. And although he bought as much as they would let him legally buy before he would be able to corner the market, his purchase was with only about 2% of the value of his portfolio at that time. So a very minuscule amount. If another billionaire tried to follow his lead today, they'd be unable to do so since there's less silver now available in the world to buy than what Buffett wow. had and less than that in known reported silver reserves in the world. But others include George Soros, Bill Gates, Carlos Slim. These are among the world's richest people and they believe in silver. In fact, Carlos Slim, the telecommunications magnate out of Mexico uh, on the world's richest men, he's in the top five every year. He has attempted on several occasions to get silver back into circulation as coinage in his own country, and that continues to this day. So we don't need the Hunt Brothers of the 70s in today's market to see silver duplicate what it did back then. We've already seen the price go to $49 an ounce. And remember, very little silver, twice the population, 10 times the amount of investors potentially buying silver. 
the smartest people own silver now, John, is what I'm trying to say. The trick is to recognize a lifetime opportunity before it's too late. And and the thing to keep in mind when you're when you're talking about billionaire investors involved in pre, in in precious metals or specifically in this case silver is silver is has been called in the past poor man's gold, but for for the very very wealthy they invest in gold. They don't necessarily invest in silver. These are very astute billionaires who are saying. Look, I'm going to really take advantage here. As we talked about in the first segment, we already know bullion banks are starting to corner the market and acquire as much bullion as possible because even they understand the difference between a paper game and the real thing. So I think that's something that we want to keep in mind here is that right now we can see that the ratio is you know 70 to 1, but we also have seen over the years that people are buying 60, 70 to 1 amount of ounces of silver for every ounce of gold, which means the population has this ability to acquire so much silver to overrun the market. And if you just think about it, if the price of silver is, say, $17, $16 an ounce and there's only a billion ounces, that's a $16 billion market cap. I mean, the amount of mortgages in, in Canada is something like $2 trillion worth of mortgage debt. So you can start to put things into perspective of what it would take to quickly, quickly drive this market much, much higher. one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealthcom is the website to start investing. So uh, what does Guildhall recommend? Well, here's how you do it with Guildhall. If you're interested and you've been listening to this show and you like what you're hearing and you're intent on buying some gold and silver, use Guildhall. Call us directly. Go to the website, guildhallwealth.com, and you can take delivery of either bars or coins or a combination of both in gold or silver. You can buy directly online from the comfort of your own home using PayPal, credit card. You can do that. You can purchase the product and have it stored at our depository. It's a world-class vaulting facility. It's safe and secure. It's allocated with or without serial numbers. The choice is yours, and it's viewable. It's tangible, and it's readily accessible. It's yours with your name on it. And if you like those things, and those are an option for you, maybe you'd like to put a little bit in a registered account. If you have a TFSA or an RRSP or an RESP and you're planning for the kid's future education, then you can go ahead and use your registered accounts now to get some silver and gold into your holdings, into your portfolio. And of course, as this show progresses, we'll talk about other things, but I want you to know if you're buying from Guildhall, we've done something very special Anything that's over $350 US is free shipping. So if you go to our Guildhall Bullion Store, nobody else in the industry does this. We're the only ones across all of Canada and most likely in the US to do this free shipping over $350. And we're happy to do it. It means we can get more bullion into the hands of the people listening here, John. One eight seven seven eight silver is that number, uh, folks. Guildhallwealth.com is the website. You want to call them today for the investor kit on gold, silver, and fancy colored diamonds for a free subscription to the Precious Metal Advisor, Guildhall's premier market newsletter. Get it now. You can also find them on SoundCloud by searching The Real Money Show. More on The Real Money Show is coming right up. It's Talk Radio AM 640. One eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com or for this segment go to guildhalldiamonds.com to check out the collection just before we bounce over to uh, natural fancy colored diamonds in the show Paul uh, some workshops coming up give us some details on that yeah John um, starting in January we're going to be putting on some workshops uh, in connection with putting precious metals into your RSP TFSA uh, any registered plan and also some uh, workshops on investing in natural fancy colored diamonds they're going to be held on uh, I'm not sure of the dates, but it will be on Saturday at our uh, office uh, in Markham. 
The number again, one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealthcom for more details on that. Uh, Darren, let's get into diamonds. Love it. Well, listen, if you're listening to this show, this is all about the story of silver and gold. But what relates to silver and gold in terms of fundamentals and what we've discussed up to this point also lends itself very well to some other assets. One of those assets beyond silver and gold is something that's very near and dear to Guildhall and the Guildhall family, and that is natural fancy colored diamonds. Many will never even in their entire lifetime ever come across one, John, but here at Guildhall, thank goodness to having Paul around, we've had this for a long, long time. And this has been one of the cornerstones of how we help people to successfully secure their wealth long term. Think of it this way. You could go out into the world and buy collectibles. You could buy art. You could buy real estate. You could buy cars. You can buy gold and silver as a hard asset, a tangible hard asset. And there's a story there like anything else. But in natural fancy colored diamonds, the story may be the single best story of all. In fact, it may be one of the single best opportunities a person, especially us at Guildhall, has ever come across in our lifetime. And it's very simple. It all hinges on one thing, rarity. As often as we talk about white diamonds being very plentiful, easy to find, any jewelry store, the next time you go into a jewelry store, search for a colored diamond, a true colored diamond, like the ones we talk about here on The Real Money Show. Paul is going to tell us a bit more about the way we've approached the colored diamond investment and what they are. And this is all coming down to what we believe makes for one of the best, if not the single best long-term wealth protectors a person could have in their portfolio. Paul, what do you think? Yes, savvy investors have been investing in natural fancy colored diamonds for quite a long time. Royalty, very, very wealthy people have had the knowledge to buy natural fancy colored diamonds. We're seeing diamonds coming into auction, whether it's Sotheby's, Christie's, and fetching incredible prices. I know that some of these diamonds, blues and pinks are 20 carat, 30 carat, and are fetching, you know, 40, 50 million dollars. That's an awful lot of money to pay for a natural fancy color diamond. But they, as Darren said, they're extremely rare. And what we do at Guild Hall, we have certain criteria that we have to meet. First of all is color. Second is clarity. Third is the cut. And fourth is the carrot weight. All these four things together bring an incredible value to the diamond. Natural fancy colored diamonds are extremely rare. We only go after three categories of diamonds, fancy, intense, and vivid. Those are the three color sections. Now, normally what happens with a natural fancy colored diamond, for example, in a fancy, let's take a fancy yellow, internally flawless, you know, say the stone is round about $10,000 US. When you get to an intense, it's double the color. You're looking at around about $20,000 a carat. When you get to a vivid, that doubles again in the strength of the color, and you're looking at about $40,000 US a carat. What we do at Guild Hall is try to bring to you the best of the best. I look at maybe 20, 30 diamonds a month. I may only choose three or four for our collection. They have to meet as I said, the criteria, even saturated color, the cut has to be incredible. So the scintillation, the fire and the color comes off of the diamond. These are the two most important. Then you've got the clarity. Now we have, I think, probably the largest collection of internally flawless yellow diamonds throughout the world. Um, I 
choose the best diamonds. Every diamond, as I said, has to meet the criteria. That's including the top of the diamond, which is the, ta- the table, the depth of the diamond. Everything has to be in proportion. Otherwise, that diamond does not sparkle. It looks dull. So we bring to you the best. Every diamond we bring to you at Guildhall comes with a GIA, which is the Gemology Institute of America. That is the diamond grading certificate of that diamond. It's the birth certificate. If there is an inclusion, a very slight inclusion, it will show you, it will map it to show you exactly where that inclusion is, like a birthmark. So that is very important. On pink diamonds, we only sell VS quality. Now, VS quality for us is the top of the top quality. Most of the pinks that come to the marketplace are normally SI1, which means they are in, you can see the inclusion, SI2, even I1 and I2. You can actually see with the open eye the inclusions, the black marks. The type of diamond that we buy, you need a jeweler's loop or a, a 40 times microscope to even see an inclusion, and then you have to be knowledgeable to know what to look for. So we go out of our way to deal with the best cutters and polishers that have the reputation, and when they bring a diamond to me, they're bringing me the best of the best. We were fortunate enough this year, uh, in October of 2016, to win an Argyle tender stone, the most magnificent stone that I've seen in years and years. It was a 0.55 deep pink, and it's a VVS, it's a VS, sorry, VVS1. It's almost perfect perfection. The stone is Deep pink, it almost looks red. Um, That's the type of quality that we go for. We try to get the best. There was over 200 diamondeers looked at these diamonds. There were 61 diamonds that went into the collection this year from the Argyle Tender and 61 diamonds that you had to bid on in a blind bid. We were fortunate enough to win and we were very, very excited. As I said, we bring to you the best of the best. Whether you're buying a yellow stone, you start off with a fancy yellow for around about $10,000. You can go up to millions of dollars that we can show you diamonds. You need to get into this market. It's been a best-kept secret. The smallest investment of $10,000 on a pink, on a yellow rather, may bring you a return of maybe 6% a year. If you go to an intense, you may be looking at 12 to 14% a year. If you look at a vivid, you could be looking as much as 30% a year return on one of these diamonds. And on an argyle pink, you're looking at anywhere from 30 to 35% if you buy the quality, the size, the color, and the clarity you're going to make an incredible, incredible investment. One eight seven seven eight silver that number, guildhalldiamonds.com, to check out the high-res photography of the entire collection. It is massive. Take some time. Go through each of the diamonds. Who's this for, Darren? Well, this isn't for everyone. As Jeremy said right off the top of the bat, this doesn't make sense for a person who has to borrow to invest or buy a colored diamond. It doesn't make sense for that person who's looking to buy today and sell in six months. It definitely doesn't make sense for a family who needs to live on this money and is hoping to turn an acorn into an oak tree in a very short period of time. Guildhall Colored Diamonds is a place where people that have disposable investment income can go to put away from milestones, John. What we say typically is that if you have education planning on your mind for newborns and you have X amount of dollars setting aside, rather than go into other markets which may or may not be more risky, 
like housing or the stock market and hope for the best, you have another option. One thing I'll make clear here is that we're not acting as your financial planners or advisors. It's a difficult concept to put your head around putting money into something that's so small yet so valuable. But when you do look at the overall story, what you'll realize is that this is one of the number one ways people ensure their wealth especially those that have done it for decades and decades. And what we've done is we've looked around the world at those snapshots of investors who have been doing this uh, time and time again, and they're in the business themselves. Like Paul has done since day one, the collection of diamonds we have at Guildhall is our collection. So when we buy that diamond, it's owned by Paul. It's his collection, and those accrue value over time. So we're not stressed when the diamond is bought for X amount of dollars and maybe gets held onto for a year or two. It's in the safe like the rest of the diamonds. It's vaulted, and of course, it accrues value. We've never had a diamond lose value mm-hmm. since we've opened our doors. We've never had a sale on diamonds or said, hey, we're all of a sudden we're going to have 50% off diamonds. It doesn't happen in colored diamonds. So this is really for that type of person who wants to take 10, 20 years to grow wealth over time. It may be an option instead of buying, let's say, into the real estate market, which could be uncertain. You could take that same hundred or 200000 400000 or a million dollars and put it into four or five really nice colored diamonds, let them sit. There's no maintenance. This is a low maintenance type of investment. You store it, you insure it. And then when the time is right, come 10, 15 years, you'll come back to Guilds Hall or anyone that really knows what they're looking at, the quality that they're, they have in front of them. And you'll be able to put that back up for sale. And that's the way this really works. One eight seven seven eight silver guildhalldiamonds.com or you can wear it. That's always a great option. You, you could always wear it. We're going to yeah. talk about jewelry in just a few moments. At, at, you know, the idea with a colored diamond is you use you use funds that you do not need for your expenses and your upcoming expenses. And the idea is that look, not everything is going to go just as planned. You know, the if you invested in the stock market in the early 2000s and you ran into the problems in 2008, it took a long time to get portfolios back to back to even keel and then you had to make up for the inflation that you'd lost in terms of your gains. So with a colored diamond, the idea is that you 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 acquire a colored diamond, you put it away and you hope that you don't need it. It really is that last uh, insurance policy because if you can hold a diamond for 10, 15, 20 years, what happens is, is it's accrued so much value that by the time that you you may need to sell that diamond, you're in a position to offer a price to the next uh, investor, an opportunity that's lower than what's out there and still be making lots and lots of money. So the way investors are using this is to say, look, I'm going to buy this for my retirement uh, if I have to use it, if I don't have to use it, it's great. It'll be part of my legacy plan. We'll pass it on to another generation. Or if I don't need it, we'll pass it on to a, a, a you know the grandkids and whatnot, and they can use it for their uh, their education fund. Because at the end of the day, what happens is the downside of a colored diamond is that once you sell it, you're no longer accruing value in it. Imagine having an opportunity to own a group of seven painting. You know if you sell it, that's it. You're not going to make more money on it down the road. So the idea is that you hold on to it like a work of art. The only difference is, is that it's not as subjective as art. All you have to do is go for strong color, strongest clarity, good cuts. The better the diamond, the more rare it is, the more rare it is. Yes, it will be more expensive to acquire. However, as Paul was mentioning, it'll accrue value at a, at a, a higher rate or or a larger percentage on an annual basis. So 
this is what makes uh, investing in colored diamonds great because you can do it for fifteen thousand dollars uh, and get into a, a an entry level investment grade natural fancy colored diamond, and you can move all the way up into the millions. And finally, just as what Paul said, and you have to keep this in mind: why are people at auction, wealthy individuals, buying diamonds for thirty, forty, fifty, sixty right. million dollars? Because they know that this is a great place to store wealth, that the wealthy over time, the royalty over time have stored their their wealth in these beautiful gems because the track record is unbelievable and you can't go wrong with rarity. And it's portable wealth. Uh, very wealthy people as well are worried about fiat currencies. Um, you know, if we look at Europe, uh, we look at Great Britain, we look all over the world. You know, the only currency that's got strong is the U.S. dollar. And how long is that going to stay where it is? Sooner or later, that may collapse. People are putting their money into hard assets like natural fancy colored diamonds, gold and silver, because they have been a storage of wealth for centuries. And they will remain uh, bastions of wealth for forever. It's a great, great investment. If you're looking to retire, you know, 10, 15 years down the road, or you're looking to put your kids through university, I can't see a better investment than a natural fancy colored diamond. As I said, you can get in for as low as 10,000 US, you can go up to millions, but it is an investment that will make you money. In order to do that, there's no better place to start than guildhalldiamonds.com. Mm-hmm. See the collection, pick out a diamond, Give us a call directly and come see the stone that you'd like to sample. If you want to put it in a piece, as we said earlier, you can do so. If you want to put it away and save it for down the road, no problem at all. But it all starts with going to that website. And John, when we come back in the fourth segment, we're going to get through a few more fundamentals on silver and gold. We're going to talk scarcity, what's coming up, and uh, of course, inflation and other things that relate to the fundamentals that are driving these markets crazy. One eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. Call uh, Guildhall today for an investor kit on gold, silver, and natural fancy colored diamonds. And for a free subscription to the Precious Metal Advisor, Guildhall's premier market newsletter. And also find them on SoundCloud by searching The Real Money Show. It is Real Money Show. More to go coming up right here. Talk Radio AM 640. The number one eight seven seven eight silver online guildhallwealth.com. Make sure you search The Real Money Show on SoundCloud to catch past episodes. Let's talk about this. We, we kind of uh, talked about it at the end of uh, Natural Fancy Colored Diamonds, and that is uh, silver is scarce. I'll just give you that headline right there. Well, right. Be, be, beyond supply and demand, John, it's another factor that's playing a role in silver rising 250% so far in this bull market. There is very little physical silver that can be purchased at present price, possibly less than 100 million ounces. If somebody came along and wanted to buy a large amount, they would most likely have to wait for it to be made, similar to what other large investors have had to do. In fact, you know, Paul, he, you're talking with the wholesalers all the time. Why don't you give the listeners an idea of just how tight the physical silver market really is? Well, the physical market is, especially in Silver Eagles, the U.S. Mint uh, basically held off everybody till you know mid-December before they started even putting out the 2017s, and they were limited. Uh, 2017 Silver Maples, um, we have uh, quite a large delivery, but we've been back-ordered for, I would say, over a month from uh, one of our largest wholesalers, 100-ounce bars, extremely hard to get. 10-ounce silver bars, Royal Canadian Mint, you know, are back-ordered. 
you know, production kind of slows, always seems to slow down in October and November because they're making maples, uh, gold maples, silver maples that seem to be, you know, in demand in December and January. So the other products, whether they're 10-ounce bars, 100-ounce bars, seem to be delayed. The wholesalers are allocated so much, a certain amount of product from, from the mints. And what happens if you sell what you've got you've got to wait for the following allocation the following month so there's going to be delays you know last year we actually went into delays of two three months for 100 ounce silver bars i think the same thing's going to happen this year um, there is a shortage there's going to be a shortage the price of silver right now is extremely low and i think there's going to be a lot of buying in january one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealth.com. Darren. I mean, really, if you extend that, John, even up to $100 an ounce, there's most likely going to be very little change in the numbers above ground because it's going to take a price of at least 100 an ounce to encourage new development in this particular arena and mining projects, and it'll take years to ramp those projects up and actually get silver out of the ground. And further proof of scarcity, which we talked about earlier in the show, the U.S. government had two. billion ounces of silver left after it discontinued making 90% silver dimes, quarters, and half dollars in 65. As of the end of 2002, that entire stockpile had gone. Since 2003, the U.S. government has been making market purchases to mint its popular American Eagle one-ounce coins, and 2011 marked a record year for demand when price of silver, of course, went to $49 an ounce. Yet the headlines at the media outlets never tell you this story. In the gold market, we also had a record demand for deliveries in the future market this year. 2016, over last year, was overwhelmingly different. We are talking in the hundreds of millions of ounces in difference versus what the demand was last year. Yet you'll never hear hear that said publicly. And I also think a lot of the product is being redirected to India and China because at India at the moment, the premium is anywhere from $300 an ounce to $1,000 an ounce on gold. Uh, And on silver, when you can't get gold, the next best thing they want is silver. So I believe that the product is being redirected. I know it's black market. I know there's a you know, levers and on all these products, but I believe they're getting into China and I believe they're getting into India. One eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealth dot com is the website. I think this goes back to we've got a, a perfect storm, a clash of, on the one hand, you've got these low paper prices, which mean that, as we mentioned in the first segment, you've got people being able to buy more than their fair share, but we're still in the early adopter phase where less than 2% of the population, at least in, in North America and Europe, are getting involved in this market because at the end of the day, it's going to take higher prices for the majority of people to say, well, wait a minute, maybe I... Maybe I should diversify a little bit out of the paper stock market and get involved in silver. Of course, at that point, it's this is my estimation that you're going to be seeing silver going from forty to fifty to sixty very, very quickly. At that point, when finally, uh, you know, the early adopters are, are getting out of the market, but now you're getting the early majority getting involved. Darren, all this talk may have piqued your interest. If you're a listener, how do you open an account? 
Well, it's very simple, John. If you're thinking about buying gold and silver with Guildhall Wealth Management, call us directly or go to the website, guildhallwealth.com, and make a purchase. You can take delivery of bar or coin, a combination of both, in either gold, silver, and we do have some product in palladium and platinum. You can go ahead and go online, pay by PayPal. There are various payment methods and options there, and anything purchased over $350 US is free shipping, so you can do that. A purchase can also be stored. If you're worried about security, if you're worried about theft or worried about liquidity, put it in our world-class vaulting facility. It's safe and secure. It's allocated with or without serial numbers. The choice is yours and it's viewable. It's tangible and it's readily accessible. You can't say that about most places that sell bullion and today. it's extremely inexpensive because all it's going to cost you is one-tenth of one percent mm. of the value of the metal to store it and insure it. That's extremely cheap. And if you want to use something like a registered account, we offer that as well, John. You may be sitting there with a TFSA, RSP, RESP, or a spousal RSP, a Lira, and be wondering, what should I do next? What's my next move? And you've been thinking about buying gold and silver? Put it in a registered account. We can help you do that, whether it's brand new and you have new funds you want to lie in there for 2017, or if you already have a registered account, we're more than happy to show you how you can transfer some or all of that value over to Guildhall with Quest Trade, our partner, and get some gold and silver in your registered account. one eight seven seven eight silver is the number, guildhallwealth.com. Yeah, we got a few minutes left, Darren, so we want to mention in the, you know, in the past, uh, inflation is going to play a part in the price of silver in the near future, too. It is. And if we miss this particular fundamental, we would not be doing our job, John. It's so important to note, precious metals generally go up with the fear or threat of inflation. The benefit of owning silver as well as gold during inflationary times is that it holds its purchasing power. If you want proof, then look no further to the last time it happened. Over 40 years ago, the United States went off the gold money standard and increased the printing of their dollars. The money supply almost doubled from 72 to 78, and common sense tells us that the more dollars exist, the less the value of the dollar. This is the basic meaning of inflation. During this period of blatant increase in money supply, the price of silver, believe it or not, went from $2 all the way from 72 to $52 in 1980, while at the same time, gold rose from $35 an ounce to $850 an ounce in that same decade. Eventually, the U.S. government, through the Federal Reserve Bank, woke up and decided to cease the massive expansion of the money supply. And this was the beginning of the 20-year big bear market in precious metals. We're literally at the very beginning of a renewed period of hard asset inflation in which we've seen the exact same process occur again, John. Tons of money printing, a quadrupled money supply. And in that same span of time since 2002... Gold's gone up 306% or an average of 21.5% per year, while silver's done 250% or an average of just under 20% per year. I ask you to show me something else that on an annual basis since 2002 that's tangible, that I can hold, that I can use, that's done the same thing. one eight seven seven eight silver online, guildhallwealth.com. Check it out, Jeremy. You know, we could have spent the entire show talking about how precious metals protect against inflation. Because at the end of the day, we know that governments are going to debase the currency. And when you stop letting people know what the value of a dollar is, they don't recognize that they're losing value of their purchasing power until several years have gone by and they realize, well, wait a minute, things are more expensive than they used to be. And precious metals 
are something that's independent. They're in limited supply, which means, and we've said it before, there's 7 billion people plus on the planet, less than a billion ounces of silver. That means the the product is in limited supply. It is what's going to protect because what happens is, is when you get inflation, you have more money chasing the same amount of goods. What happens to the price of the goods? It means that a coffee goes from $1 to $2 to $3. Well, in that situation, what happens is, is because silver and gold are such smaller markets, they move up at a much higher and faster clip and so you are able to protect your wealth and that's what we're here to do at Guildhall is just give you some ideas of other ways that you can protect your protect your wealth with alternative assets gold and gold is money it always has been money and it will be money in the future Darren, you got about a minute to kill here. Uh, take it home. What makes uh, Guildhall different? Why should listeners purchase bullion or colored diamonds from Guildhall? First of all, it starts with education. We're a Canadian firm. The Wiseman name, it's a family name, and Guildhall is a family company. We love doing what we do. We all own these assets. We don't just talk about them on a weekly basis, and our clients can attest that being able to put tangible assets in your hand is what owning gold and silver is all about. So if you're opening up an account today, go to the website, guildhallwealth.com, make a purchase, call us directly. Remember, you can open up an account and store your product. That's easy to do. If you have a registered account, an RSP, a TFSA, that's also possible. Where you are thinking of Guild, Guildhall, and Color Diamonds, and Gold, and Silver, I think you need to do it now. one eight seven seven eight silver is the number, guildhallwealth.com. You want to call them today for that investor kit on Gold and Silver. And Fancy Color Diamonds as well for a free subscription to the Precious Metal Advisor. Go to the website, the Premier Market Magazine, and uh, SoundCloud as well. Search The Real Money Show. Start investing today. Till next time, The Real Money Show. Talk radio, AM 640.